0: This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly.
1: Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast. I'm Sean Kelly, and greetings from Studio B at the Osher Sports Performance Center one last time for this season. This is our final podcast of what we call the season, which is the Saints and Pelicans seasons combined. So from late July of 2017, the start of Saints training camp through here the end of the postseason for the New Orleans Pelicans, we have reached the end. So we'll do a little looking back today for both teams, the Pelicans and the Saints, and uh, we'll uh, get ready to take a break. I think uh, everybody's ready to take a breath here. Summer is upon us in the Gulf South, and uh, there will be plenty of off-season news, of course, but we will pause with our podcast here after this Friday edition. Uh, Certainly, we want to look back at a great Saints season this year, which uh, began, as we mentioned, last summer, saw the impact of an extremely talented uh, rookie class, highlighted by both the offensive and defensive rookies of the year, a new starter at right tackle and more. And then after the 0-2 start, just the taking off of that football team that went basically without a loss for two months and found themselves in the second round of the playoffs. In order to help us do that, we'll look at Zach Streif today, a part of that team, and now an analyst moving forward. Zach will give us some insight as to what this last season was all about from inside the locker room and what lies ahead as we look toward the end of July in 20, our training camp 2018. Then, obviously, just as successful on the basketball side, the Pelicans earlier this week wrapped up their campaign, falling in five games in the Western Conference semifinals to the Golden State Warriors. A winning campaign that saw a fantastic record on the road and a strong finish at home, and then of course the first round sweep of the Portland Trailblazers. Two all-stars, DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis, and the best season we've seen yet from Drew Holiday the continued production from Etuan Moore, the development of some of the younger players like Shek Diallo, and then, of course, the veteran presence and still lethal ability of Rajan Rondo to help shape a team and a floor, for that matter, during game play. When you look back, this, under the ownership of Mr. and Mrs. Tom and Gail Benson, had to be the most successful run in their ownership of both sides at the same time postseason for both squads a banner year and then of course if you want to throw in the Kentucky Derby Derby appearance by Lone Sailor and GMB Racing I think it was a banner 17-18 for the um, Benson Sports Group if you will making up my own name there but you get where I'm going with this unfortunately the passing of Mr. Tom Benson also plays a role in the storytelling of our last say nine to ten months so, of course, two great segments coming up. As we mentioned, Zach Streif to talk on the football side. On the basketball side, we'll look back and pull out some of the important moments from Alvin Gentry and Del Demps's end-of-season press conferences yesterday here at the Osher Sports Performance Center. That'll help us recap things, kind of tie it all up in a nice, neat package here in our final black-and-blue report. We'll take a break. Basketball first, then football before we end things here on the season. 1907 Dixie beer was a balanced, refreshing lager Brewed with love and top quality ingredients It would grow to become something
2: that connected us The neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood And now,
1: Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe Original and reinvented Just like its hometown Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more And always drink Dixie responsibly Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana What's up, Pelican fans? This is Anthony Mackey, a shorter, talented version of Anthony Davis, and you are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Go Pelicans. Zach Streep still to come on today's Black and Blue Report, our final of the season. Basketball-wise, yesterday was the end-of-season press conferences for Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry and general manager Del Demps. Uh, Both guys uh, hit on a number of topics, some of which have been covered heavily here in the Last couple of weeks during the playoffs, some thoughts were new and uh, talked about the season in general and what could happen moving forward. First, for Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry, certainly he was pleased on a number of fronts, one of which was the continued development of all-star Anthony Davis.
0: You know, you look at what AD's done in the playoffs, and I know that, you know, it's only been, you know, four games the uh, three years ago, and then uh, you take this year uh, – You know, the numbers that he's put up has been incredible, and I I don't see that ever changing. Uh, So we just got to continue to try to uh, add a piece here and there, play at a little bit higher level, and, uh, you know, we feel like we can compete.
1: Coach Gentry was also quick to point out Davis's leadership role this past season. That combined, of course, with the uh, presence of Rajon Rondo in the locker room and on the floor.
0: And I think as long as you have leaders – you know, uh, if anything happened this year that I, I was really proud of, I thought, uh, you know, what A.D. Lee, what A.D. did as a leader, or you know, trying to lead this team was 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 really really good. Uh, from the standpoint that uh, I think he understands now that uh, his voice needs to be heard, and he's not afraid to speak his mind. Uh, you know, I still think he's going to continue to grow in that particular area. Uh, We have a tendency to forget he's 25 years old you know, because he's been in the league for a while, but he's 25 years old. Uh, So I think as long as you have uh, like he and what Rondo did from a leadership standpoint, I think the chemistry is going to always be pretty good because it doesn't matter who you add to the team. Uh, Obviously, we're going to try to add people with great character and and, uh, uh, great ability, but it doesn't matter who you add to the team. I think as long as those two guys are – uh, and along with Drew and some, some other guys. I think when, when, when the leadership and the, and the core of the team uh, is that close, then you don't have any other choice but to kind of fall in.
1: One thing that Coach also learned about his team, though, this season was, was its overall resiliency. When you think back to the adversity that was found during the season and, of course, what they were up against, uh, he learned a lot from this group that helped prevail, propel them forward.
0: I just thought that, uh, the, you know, we, we played with such resiliency that I thought that, uh, you know, that was something that we were maybe lacking a little bit last year. But I thought that our guys were so uh, confident in every game that we went into. Uh, they just felt like that, you know, uh, our whole thing was that we don't worry about how much, uh, how well they play. We just got to play, you know, as well as we can play. And if we do that, then it doesn't really matter how they play. And I think our guys truly believe that. That if they went out and played uh, good basketball, then we had to, we didn't have to worry about the other opponent. And then we start talking about game plan discipline. You know where we stay within what we're doing defensively. Uh, we start uh, you know continuing to talk about pushing the basketball and and obviously getting Drew Holiday in the open space and Ad in the open space and. Uh, being able to, you know, come up with easy baskets and things like that. So I would say just overall, just the the attitude that the guys have and every day coming in wanting to get better, uh, you know, it's like a coach's dream, really.
1: And when Coach was asked about a key moment in the season, he couldn't help but look at how the regular season wrapped up and the pressure cooker, which proved to be in the last five games.
0: And I thought the biggest challenge for us, uh, was not so much the playoffs, but uh, the last five games of the season, where we treated just like the playoffs, because we're in a position where, you know, really, guys, that we'd have lost in any of those games. Uh, there's probably a good chance, with the tiebreakers the way they were, that we w- that we would not make the playoffs. And uh, I thought the guys were so locked in and did such a great job with that that uh, you know, after we uh, got to the point where we did make it. I thought that the playoffs would be a little bit of a relief. You know, uh, There was so much pressure on every single game that we played that even in the playoffs it wouldn't be that kind of pressure until you got to an elimination game because we, we traded the last five as all of them were going to be elimination games. So uh, I thought we did a, a, a great job with that and guys just uh, seemed to play at a real high level.
1: Pelicans general manager Del Dempse spoke to a lot of the th- same things that Coach Gentry did during the end of season press conference. He also spoke to what's next for this ball club and how they want to keep building, moving forward in a competitive Western Conference.
3: You know, I think in that series, you know, we lost 4 to 1. And, you know, and most people would say that, you know, that's it's not, you know, it's not where we want to be. And so I think that, you know, those teams have done a great job and, you know, we see the bar and we want to just keep moving forward. We want to do everything we can. And, um, you know, we, we're going to do everything we can to compete with those guys. That's, that's, that's our goal.
1: Obviously, free agency is going to have to be a big part about this this summer. Rajon Rondo due to be a free agent. DeMarcus Cousins too. both Dell Demps and Alvin Gentry say they would like to have both of those young men back on the basketball team. In Cousins' situation, the injury does make it a little more difficult to sort through.
3: Yeah, I mean, the uncertainty is something that, you know, it's, it's the elephant in the room. But, you know, just knowing him and his competitive spirit and his work ethic, um, you know, we've seen that guys have recovered from this injury. Um, and so it, it does change things. But, you know, I said I'm, I'm betting on DeMarcus.
1: Overall, one thing's for sure whether it be Dell Demps or Alvin Gentry, they believe that this thing is heading in the right direction and that Mrs. Benson is going to be the biggest push behind all this moving forward. You know, Mrs.
3: Benson, um, she's been incredible. She's been an inspiration. Um, you know, traveling with the team and coming in not only in the good times, she comes in in the bad times, and that's awesome. And, um, It's just been fun having her around, and uh, I think the guys really enjoyed it. I know we really enjoyed it as a staff and um, coaching staff, Um, and she's been awesome. And uh, we we know that's going to continue, and she's so passionate about the team.
1: So certainly, as we talked about in our first segment, you can't help but smile when looking back on this last season for the Pelicans, where things stand currently heading into the offseason. Still plenty of question marks. That makes it intriguing, doesn't it? And we'll be excited about the team getting back together. Uh, in the fall so with that being said we'll turn our attention to football and do the similar kind of wrap up with our good friend Zach Streif in just a moment
2: Now, Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner
0: of your New Orleans Pelicans. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Let's turn our attention to the football side, and we're very pleased and honored to have Zach Strieff join us here on this uh, final podcast of the season. Uh, Zach, uh, you're you're in a unique position here as we are looking back today and kind of looking forward at the same time. As you've uh, taken your feet out of your playing career and planted them firmly into you, now your new career as a broadcaster slash analyst slash entrepreneur you have a very unique perspective that few would be able to give us today so I appreciate it I'm I'm curious as to what you're going to have to say
2: well I appreciate you having me on and I always have a perspective I know that Uh, whether it's a good one or a bad one remains to be seen but uh, I'll, I'll do my
1: best Zach, when we look back on, on the year that it was for the New Orleans Saints, obviously this is probably going to have a very positive slant to it, um, and that's a great thing. What will you start to take away from the basically, I guess, what we call the, the 17 season?
2: Well, I think the obvious thing is, you know, the, the, the draft class from last year really kind of rejuvenated this team. And, you know, I was, I was a part of a draft class that did that. Um, and you know, when you, when you can go in and draft and grab, you know, five starters and, and six or seven contributors and in one draft, man, it, it, it has a, an unbelievable uh, effect on your, on your entire roster for several years to come. Um, and so obviously with, with the, with the group we brought in last year, um, you know, there, there's a tremendous amount of expectation. Um, that's going to exist for that group, and, and rightfully so, because they showed last year that they have the ability to be the nucleus to take this team um, you know, forward in a, in a really positive direction.
1: Yeah, offensive and defensive rookies of the year. Zach, when did, when did the team know that they had that common impact rookie class? What, 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 was it in training camp? Was there a particular um, point in the season?
2: You know, I think there was a – it was different for each guy. You know, Sean, you look at a guy like Alvin Kamara, I think we knew during camp, man, he's – this guy is going to be a really a really good player for us. And, um, you know, I remember the San Diego preseason game, and, you know, he takes the first run for 50 yards and a touchdown or 60 yards. And, you know, when you go back – that which is great, but you go back and look at the cut that was made, the way that the block was set up, and you realize, man, he's something special for some guys, you know. Uh, Marshawn had some injury problems and, and we didn't know, I don't think until, you know, a few weeks into the season, at least I didn't, that he was going to be the type of player that he is. So, uh, you know, it's different for everybody. Obviously Ryan Ramchek moved around a little bit and, and where he ended up at right tackle really settled in. So I think you get halfway through the season and you go, man, this is a pretty special group.
1: Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned Ramcheck. I'm a, I'm a Zach Streef guy. So I, I always enjoyed watching you play. I, I almost... It almost got to the point where I just, didn't, I just didn't worry about it. you get what I'm saying with regard to right tackle? Yeah. And then when you went down, and now this rookie's going to play there, Zach, I, I frankly was, well, I was concerned. Um, was anybody else concerned, or did you all know that he could do what he could do?
2: I think his transition uh, to the right side and the level he played at was, was nothing short of remarkable. Um, you got to remember too, he missed the whole off season Yeah, and, and was really, uh, somewhat limited even in training camp. So, you know, we didn't get to see Ryan at a hundred percent until we got to the season. Um, and, and that's man, I can't explain how hard that is. And so, you know, I don't know that I had like full 100% confidence that he was going to play at the level that he did the day that he stepped into the position, but, what I think you saw was a player who uh, is very mature, uh, both from a technique standpoint and also from a mental makeup. You know, he, Ryan has never uh, gotten down on himself. You know, he, he can make a mistake, uh, understand how and why he made a mistake and move on. And that's a, that's almost an impossible thing to teach a young player. And so he's got a makeup that made him successful. Um, and I think really the sky is the limit for him because there is, Tons of stuff he has to improve on. And even with that, man, he played at a, at a you know, a Pro Bowl level. So, uh, obviously, the future is very bright for, for uh, Ryan.
1: Zach, there were coaching changes, too. What impact did that have on the last season?
2: Well, you know, first of all, most of the coaching changes are on the other side of the ball. So, mm-hmm. it's a little bit hard for me to say. But, you know, I, I think what happens is you can become – very comfortable in a role. This is human nature. It's the thing I think that has been most impressive for me watching Coach Payton is I think that he has um, almost remade himself a few times over the course of 12 years um, and or, or refocused himself maybe. Um, and I think all of that new blood on the defensive side of the ball paid big dividends. Uh, I've been a huge proponent of Ryan Nielsen all offseason, uh, certainly going through the draft process and you know all the all the discussions about Marcus Davenport and he's a little raw and man I think they have the utmost um, respect and I think that they know what a good coach Ryan Nielsen is and what he's going to do uh, to develop players on the defensive line. He's already proved it in just one year. But you look through that defensive uh, coaching staff, man, it is like it is immensely talented. I think Da is a rising star as a defensive coordinator. Um, you know, obviously, a guy that's gotten a head coaching opportunity before because of what a good defensive coordinator he was. Right, uh, Aaron Glenn. You know, Mike Nolan, and all the experience that he has as a head coach. So, you know, that it's a really good group of coaches, and um, I think, you know, the improvement on defense is is in part talent, but also in part uh, a tremendous effort by that staff last year.
1: Zach, what is an aspect or a story about that last Saints team? that either A, was underreported, or B, you'd say to yourself, I can't believe no one's picked up on this, or now in hindsight you see it as more significant. Is there anything like that that made that particular group, uh, your last group, um, unique or as successful as they were?
2: Well, you know, it, it that's hard to say. Um, I, I think the one thing, if if I take a look at, Um, the group as a whole, I think that the group is really competitive. Um, That's a hard thing to teach. You know, it's a hard thing to convince your team of. But in training camp last year, you know, we would have competitive periods, and it it got heated almost every time. And that is so immensely important. And I think, and this is really interesting, a lot of that came from our young players. Um, I think Marshawn and Marcus, Uh, I think, um, you know, Ken Crawley, that that secondary, became uh, incredibly competitive. And then you put a guy like Michael Thomas, who Michael Thomas gets more mad at himself than I think he ever could at another person. And, and, you know, we bring back CJ, and there was just so much competition on the outside, and I think it really just permeated the team. And, um, you know, I think that you can't, you can't, undersell how important that is to a team and certainly I think you saw that reflected as the year went on specifically we go down 0-2 and 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 head out on a two game road trip and that season can go either direction and I think you saw the competitive nature of that team uh is really what carried us from you know from an 0-2 start to an 8 game win streak
1: yeah um no doubt and so two two things about that number one would you say that the Carolina then the, the game in London is that is that the moment in the season? That would be the first question, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and to be honest with you, Coach Payton said that was the reality before we left. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you start a season 0-2. Now, listen, it was a tough start to a season. It wasn't like we, we lost to two bad teams. Um, you know, we lost to two really good football teams, you know, a Super Bowl team and a NFC championship team and and yet you sit there and go man we got to go on the road and play a good carolina team then we got to travel across the ocean which i'm sorry but at the end of the day it's anybody's game once you go to another country so um you know i think it was it was it was told to us you know before we left this is going to be what tells the story on this on this year's team and uh, obviously the response was pretty pretty tremendous because uh we didn't lose for 2 months
1: after that yeah it was resounding you're right Fast forward to the end of the season, and we're talking about the postseason, Zach. Um, is there any effect moving forward from the way the game ended against the Vikings? And if there is, what is it?
2: Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's possible to not have an effect mm-hmm. uh, after an ending like that. Um, you know, I think that it was it was such a devastating way to lose, um, and it leaves you with a lot of, like, it's almost like you feel like you have uh, unhandled business things that, that you were, you were supposed to do and things you were supposed to achieve that you didn't. Um, but what I really think is that it's going to light a fire. And, you know, one of the dangers in having a, a, specifically having a draft class, have that type of effect on your organization is the assumption that that's just going to happen every year. And that's a really dangerous uh, thought process. And it's a very easy one to fall into, you know, we came in in 06 and we went to the NFC Championship game. Everything was great. Everything was awesome. We were going to be the next team. And we proceeded to go 7-9 and nine and 8-8 eight and eight the next two years. And, you know, sometimes it, it you know it takes something spectacular, like the end of that Vikings game, um, to kind of remind you that everything that you get is going to be earned and, and you're going to get what you deserve. And when, when you know that and you have that mentality – It'll drive a team to succeed, and I think that's going to be the ultimate result is there's a lot of guys in that locker room that feel like we have unfinished business, and uh, I think it'll push them to to be great next year.
1: Great, great point. Zach, before I let you go, um, give me me something you feel really good about heading into the offseason and and subsequently training camp, and give me something that you have a question about, something that will need to be answered in, in the coming weeks and months.
2: Well, hmm, I'll tell you this. I, I think that, that wide receiver room uh, looks awfully good to me. I, I think what you really look at is, man, there's going to be a guy that might not make this team that's going to be like a second or third receiver somewhere else. Um, you know, I think th- they, they go out um, getting Meredith, uh, who, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, have pretty short-term memories. He was playing at a really high level in Chicago before his injury. So if he can return to form, uh, I think you've got a pretty special guy there. Um, Obviously, Mike Thomas has developed into one of the top receivers, uh, you know, in football. Um, And then you sit behind that. I, I, I just I'm super excited about Trey Kwan. I think he really fits the mold. Brandon Coleman is a guy that I I mean, I just I love Brandon. And then you have this, you know, this kind of unicorn and Ted Ginn who's 33 years old and still runs like he's uh, 16. So it's a really good room with a coach uh, that I have a tremendous amount of respect for. And uh, I think that room has a chance to be really, really special. And that's something that we haven't necessarily always had here. We've always had guys that were good receivers. We've always had guys that came in and played that position well. Um, But I think that room has a chance to be dynamic more so than maybe we've ever had. Um, you know, and for me, if you're going to ask a question, it's, you know, does does the potential in the defensive line room come to fruition? Um, that's been, uh, you know, uh, it's been a question in New Orleans for as long as I've been a part of the organization. If, you know, is the D-line, um, you know, where where are they at? Uh, I, you take a guy like Cam Jordan, who who played at an all-pro level, I think was the best D-end in, in football last year, um, you know, I think you had some young players that had really solid seasons last year that are developing, and uh, Onyamada and, and Sheldon Rankins. Uh, I think Alex Okafor was a huge contributor for us and a big loss. But then you also have these young guys. You have Trey Hendrickson and obviously Marcus Davenport, and it's a question of, uh, you know, how fast can those guys get up to speed, where are they going to be at in their development, and how much are they going to contribute? Because the the thing that you always know is that, that room needs depth and the, and the D lines that are great, they're deep. And so who's going to emerge from that group? And, um, you know, can they keep the momentum they had from last season and take the next step forward? Cause I think they have the potential, uh, of being a pretty dominant group.
1: Great stuff. Zach Strieve with us here on the black and blue report, kind of putting a cap on things. Zach, I can't believe we just did a 15 a minute visit looking back and looking ahead. And we didn't say the name of Drew Brees. Um, either that means I'm an idiot yeah. or it means that he's just that constant and that that special that we don't need to even touch upon it but I guess I'm silly for not bringing up his name
2: it's, it's the latter Sean it's the latter <laughs> listen drew Brees is going to be drew Brees. you, you know you don't uh, he he is he is physically and mentally um, you know playing as as well as he ever has and uh, you know when when you talk about it it's just an it's 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 weird because he plays at such a high level, but it's an assumed level, um, and it's you know to me it's not a question; it's just a given. He's going to play at a high level. He's going to give us an opportunity to win a world championship. Um, it's it's always a question of can the pieces around him uh, rise to his level.
1: Yep, I'm with you. All right, Zach. Now the basketball is over too. I'm coming to see you at Port Orleans. I'm, I'm I'm overdue, and I need to come see well, what this is all about.
2: Well, that sounds good. I'll, I'll have a couple of them cold waiting
1: for you. Sounds awesome. You are the perfect guy to help us do this today. I really appreciate it. All the best. I'll see you soon, my friend. Sounds good. Thanks for
2: having
1: me, Sean. All right, so that about does it. Our final black and blue report of the season. Our season dated all the way back to the start of Saints training camp in the summer of 2017. And now we're all set to take a break in anticipation of training camp 2018. Unbelievable. Big thanks to Cindy Robinson. Caroline Gonzalez, Cameron Billis, Daniel Salerson, Fred Ruckert, and all of our coaches and staff here, players too, at the Asher Sports Performance Center. Without all these folks, we couldn't deliver on this podcast for you. uh, As we did this year, you know, every other day, three times a week, from all kinds of different locations, from Studio B to out of the country to the West Coast, the East Coast, this podcast came from everywhere, and we appreciate you all. Uh, for being with us along the way too. We'll look forward to doing this again. If you have suggestions for us, you can, you'll can you feel free to email me. My email is sean.kelly at pelicans.com and we'll be eager to take your feedback throughout the off season as we kind of take a step back now, a break, and then we'll set up our game plan as the teams are for the uh, return to action in late July. So again, thanks to our special guest today, Zach Streef, and uh, we were uh, very glad to have Bill and Alvin Gentry from their press conferences yesterday. For all involved here at the Black and Blue Report, I'm Sean Kelly. Have a great offseason, everybody, and we'll keep it going, hopefully just as successful in 1819 as things were here for the Pelicans and the Saints in 1718. See you next time.